BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking mid-price midfielders. we got some really, really great names to go through. Let's... Go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and joined once again without a wardrobe change this time. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, Luke Rojo, <laughs> how are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Talking mid-prices today. Mid-prices in the midfield, which is uh, more difficult, I would say, to really, I guess... Get a good one, but when you do get a good one, Ooh, yeah. they can really blow up. Um, see last year with a bunch of those young guys, Sarong, Tom Green, mm. Wardlaw, no, not Wardlaw, uh, Warpool, who oh. uh, was forever my friend, always believed in him. Um, <laughs> Setterfield, all these guys can actually change your fortunes when it comes to AFL fantasy, and so we're going to discuss some of the best options we think going around. Um, yeah, so... Absolutely. Who are we starting with, mate? We're going to start with an old bugger, uh, Cam Guthrie Ooh. from the Geelong Cats. He obviously had an injury last season. You were His, telling me he's a it was toe a, injury? Or? He, yeah, he had a totally unlucky season. <laughs> that was a stretch, wasn't it? it was... We're off to a good start here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, but yes, no, he, he, did, um, he did wipe out I'll pretty early in I'll round... Six and didn't play for the rest of the season. So I only managed the... How many games was that? Six games? Uh, six games for the season. So he comes in at a bit of a discount off his 96 average from the previous season, which puts him at a price out figure of $84.4762,000. He's a guy that's gone at 106 before. He has got mm. some big numbers. Uh, 110, actually, he did in 2021. So You know how old he is? He's 31. Out. Cut. I mean, what's, uh, talk to me about the Geelong midfield mix. I know you've got that stat that you like, that they had 30 different guys go through there. Is, is there a case to be said that if they want to have a young midfield, he could go in and be the, the leader of the young troops? There or? is. Um, well, I guess the question is, what, what the fuck are Geelong doing? Like, are they... 
Oh, great question. Are they are they competing? Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to do both? Like, where is this team, and what identity do they want to have? Um, and in particular, I guess what are the what are they going to come out to do in the first six to ten rounds of the season? Because I don't think I mean he's had one ten seasons in the past, so. Like, are we trying to have Cam Guthrie last us through to the buys? Like, what are we trying to do with him as a mid-price if you're selecting him in round one? Um, because I would ask that question because if they are trying to win, he still is probably one of their best players, one of their best yeah. midfielders, so he'll be in there a lot. But, yeah, it just... The 30 midfielders that went through there, or 30 players Suck. in the CBA, is is an alarming stat. Like, you've got nearly more... You've got more than an entire team's worth going to the midfield at some point during the season. Now, some of them weren't very much, but... It's definitely by no means one of those really tight-knit midfields that we like when it comes to fantasy scoring. A question that I've asked you a couple of times already about lots of different players is what would you have to see in the... And the caveat on that is can you trust what you see from Geelong sometimes? See, I can never trust Geelong. Um, The only player I've ever trusted in the recent seasons has been a Tom Stewart. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I... I've asked myself that question, and I don't really know if he if he comes out and has an absolute blinder, he maybe accompanied by some quotes from the coach to say, "Yep, we, you know, our old blokes are going in there," or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like there would have to be several things pointing towards the fact that he is going to go back that 2021 form. Um, the, well, I mean, the narrative you can sell yourself is is obviously like he was injured. So, what did you say? Yeah. He played five games, six games. Six games. And what was his average across those six games? It was uh, definitely higher than he 84. He averaged 87. 87, okay. So, and, but I think there were a few sort of low games. So, the first game was the, the clear anomaly there where he scored 54 points yeah. against the Magpies. They lost 103 to 125. Um, so, the rest of them, they were above 80s, 90s. There was one... A ton in there against the Hawks, where he scored 111. So, and one of his bloody little piggies wasn't wasn't good. So, I mean, he was hampered. Yeah, he, he was he point. was hampered a little bit. So, look, I, I do think there's some upside. I guess the question is, is there enough upside yeah. to to put him in there? And um, being 31, you know, the previous two seasons, 22 games, 21 games in 2021, 17 in 2020, when there wasn't as many games. So, the durability has actually been decent. But with a 31-year-old from Geelong, a team that historically is very comfortable resting players on any given week, it's, um, it does make me nervous. So he needs to prove more than maybe a younger player would going into the preseason would just be my overall rule. But I haven't ruled him out yet because he is someone that obviously we've seen him do 110 in the past. And I still think in terms of that midfield, he'd, he'd be the predominant guy in there. Like, you have to think so if they're going for... I mean, even if even if they're going to blood a lot of young guys, you still want to surround them with some, some certainty, some um, yeah, you know older guys. So he could be one of those guys, I'd say. You've got to play a sound grab to lock it in, mate. So what are you going what to what, what are you doing? You've you, you told you my feelings about 31-year-olds. Or do you... I know it's, you're a bit more forgiving for the elderly. It's a no at the moment, but he has actually snuck into the change rooms. He's, he's, okay, the, snuck the, in the, the change officer. rooms. I mean, That's he a, hasn't quite... Seedy, but you know, just yeah, a little peephole <laughs> operator. He hasn't quite made it out onto the track, but he's got he's, to know a couple of yeah, the boys. Getting them, getting the water going, you know, yeah, like running yeah. water, peeling oranges a yeah. little bit. Should we play our maybe yeah. soundbite? Oh, the maybe, sure. Wow, wow, he's a very no, nice. God, please, no, no. Overlapping. No! Overlapping. I mean, no. It stands to reason that's a maybe. I, I think I'm, I think I'm more on the Steve Carell side there, but I'll, I'll leave myself the. 
you know, right to give him that two percent chance that he comes into my side. But uh, you know, you've got to be pretty good to overcome the over thirties rule at Mitchmond, and uh, yeah, it's an uphill battle for Cam. This next guy is a more interesting discussion, in my opinion. I think so. And we, we kind of touched on him in the previous podcast, which if you haven't already, go and check out the Dude, Premium Midfielders yeah. podcast. It was a doozy, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, but the question is, can Matt Crouch stand up? Uh, yeah, was he Crouch his way through the season? Just piggybacked off the back of my joke, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 actually, yeah. I just, you know, there's a few slow people out there. But uh, <laughs> he... Now you're slandering the audience. You yeah, probably you shouldn't. Prick, man. Prick. <laughs> um, I'm a man of the people. Though. But he is, uh, he's a weird case. Missed, like, what he, he missed all but one game uh, out of the first 18 games of the season. He was uh, a sub in round nine, around eight. Yeah. But they came in at round 19 and just played out for the rest of the season and put up some decent scores. High CBA numbers in High that time. High CBA too. numbers. So he's, he's gone in those games. Close-ish to seventy percent CBAs. Which I want to. I mean, this is one I want to throw out to the community big time. Is like, what what are Adelaide doing? If you're an Adelaide yeah. fan, Bales, yeah, Adelaide you, you might be watching. Like, what what is Adelaide going to do? Are they going to go young and quick and direct? Is the old brigade going to come in there? Mm. Crouch, Dawson, Laird. Like, what what are we going to see? Because I feel like well, if you're playing Crouch in there, that's a very different different look. strategically to playing Rochelle and. And ranking it, that's just the way I'm seeing it. But I want it. I want the community's do, help. Do you, the way I see it, Matt Crouch, Rory Laird, whilst maybe different caliber of players, I see them very much in the same vein of player, in terms of just yeah. like that contested guy doesn't maybe use the ball quite as well. Crouch pops out for a lot of plus sixes. He well, does get a lot. He of does, and, and so does Laird as well. But I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily their strength in terms of like affecting the footy game um, and and how they use it, especially, but. It's those other young guys, and, and I'll piggyback off your question to the audience, and I'll ask a similar question, is, well, if you're an Adelaide fan, who do you think is going to be in there? But also, who do you want to be in there? Because I, I think that could be two different answers. Um, because, yeah. I mean, at least from a, a neutral point of view, when I was watching the Crows last year, to me, they looked better in games where you had those younger, more dynamic players moving through the midfield in a Rochelle, in a Saligo, um, that complemented those two staples in there in Laird and Dawson. But they closed the season with a crouch, which, you know, when you know they had a chance to make the finals and obviously there was a few controversial calls and things like that, but that was when, you know, it was go time and yeah. they lent on their guy, Matt Crouch. They... I uh, listened to the Traders podcast. They sign him on a, a two-year extension. That's interesting too. That's, which is another wrinkle. Um, yeah. Would you I, sign a guy for another two years at his age if you just wanted him to be a depth piece? Like, I don't think so, especially given the last five games that he played and played hard. I'm, I'm just so lost with Adelaide. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I have the answers because I'm, I'm very much lost. Say he comes out in the preseason. Yeah. He's doing well. He's like you know he's top three in CBAs. Yeah. He's there in round one. Is he someone that you're considering picking? With all that in mind, there's a y- yes, I am considering, and there's also you know how I talked about wanting this year to start with, if I can, a quite a vanilla team. If mm-hmm. there's if there's an argument in the community that says, okay, he's come out, yeah, a lot of people are yeah, crouch, 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 picking him. There's a case to be made that I might go, I'm going to cover potentially. Yep. Um, What's it, what's it doesn't the, fill me with a heap of confidence just because I don't understand the move. Like, if yeah. I was coaching, I feel from very obviously from an outside perspective, I feel as though I would inject the youth and the, and the pace yeah. through there. 
Um, so that's what's making it hard for me is I don't quite understand why he's yeah in. yeah and and well, well so what, what to piggyback off that question what do you expect him to average like he he went at ninety seven and a half in those final chunk of games and in that time he's you know seventy two percent so the role is what we expect it to be yeah. if he is in there so yeah is a hundred price at eighty one if you average it's a good it's, 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 it's a good pick yeah is it is it one that's worth the risk of him being dropped in a few weeks. Because he's not only a risk. Well, that's, of, that's the bit we don't understand. That's the bit yeah. we can't get our heads around. Is 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 he going to be dropped? Is he in favour? What's what's the go over at Adelaide? Yeah. So I'm I've got more questions than answers. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely one we're going to monitor very heavily in the preseason. I've talked about the Adelaide Crows being one of the most fascinating teams when it comes to preseason. Watch. I think comments from the coach and you know just general discussion around Matt Crouch will also be a, a telltale sign in terms of what's like. You know, what's the vibe of him like? Is he, like you said, is he in favour? Is he someone that they're yeah. trying to pump up because he's going to be featured in a lot of games? Or is he, is there not much news because maybe he's not, you know, front and centre in this team in terms of week in, week out there on the park? So, yeah, very, very interesting player, I think. Um, he's trained with Mitchmond. Has he trained with uh, the Oxlongs? He, he's even further out than Guthrie. So Guthrie's oh. been sort of peeping in the change rooms. Crouch <laughs> has kind of got the binoculars from the car park. Yeah, so okay. He, but uh, not, you know, he's not another postcode. Like he's <laughs> okay. close enough to be watching the boys. Right, right. Okay, that's fair enough. So, well, well look, maybe he's another one of these ones. No, God, please, no, 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 no. No! <laughs> no, no, indeed. Uh, that could turn into a yes, yes, yes. It could be. It could at be. Any point. I think we might have a few of those ones on this one. But yeah. um, before we move on to the next player, just a quick reminder, guys, that we are on the quest for 2,000 subscribers over on YouTube. So if you haven't already, if you're a podcast listener, just head over to the YouTube, hit that subscribe button, then you can leave that alone and go back to your podcast. And uh, and while you're there, give this video a big thumbs up and make sure you hit that bell whilst uh, the preseason goes on. We've got lots of videos coming out talking all things AFL fantasy. Let's talk about the next guy, another old bastard and uh, a player who the Brownlow curse hit hard over the last couple of seasons and he presents some serious value based on what he has done before. But we talked about in the last podcast, like how much do we wait he's done it before versus new and upcoming players. I think this is a very, uh, this is, that's very applicable to a player like Ollie Wines because he's priced at basically 78 points. He's gone over 111 in his Brownlow year, but it's a very different team to that year as well. So what are we doing with Ollie Wines, who's the player we're talking about next, who is in discussion out there. Again, he has that good buy round, no early buys. Is he someone that we can consider as a mid-pricer who's been at those heights before? I say why not? Hey, he's, he's, no, well, I'm too slow on these. I've got to get... <laughs> why not? Um, uh Oh, is man, that how you actually feel? Or no, no, no. Just the joke. That was just yeah. a bit. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's got to prevent confusion. Get, get it in. I don't, I don't understand sort of what changes for him to get back to, be, to those yeah. heights. Yeah. So if I, if there was something pointing to me that we're going to be going back to to what Ollie Wines did, but the thing that when I dug in a little bit deeper, the thing that interested me is again, I thought, okay, well maybe Port Adelaide have there's you know been fewer stoppages recently and I couldn't really find the correlation again I'm no Papowski but um, it, it just to me it's all roads lead to Butters and Rosie like yep. that what why do we think that if Butters and Rosie we know they're going to be 105 110 guys so that's what we feel mm. why do we then expect wines to suddenly be 
yeah. the 100 guy again. Yeah. Uh, I, and look, I'm not going to rule out the possibility, but I, I don't. I, I don't think that he's going to be someone that I consider all too much because um, I, I just don't think that he's going to be the guy that he was remotely close to when he won his Brownlow. He, was, he won the Brownlow on the back of being basically the only true midfielder in yeah. a good team that year. And those two guys were playing forward and things like that. And, and they're clearly the future of this, this club. Um, and the other thing, whilst... Uh, and I didn't look too much into the stoppage games, but their fantasy scoring over the past few seasons is dramatically different. They were the lowest scoring team when it came to AFL fantasy points last year as a team. The previous two seasons when he was up in the averages, they were one of the better scoring teams and, and were you know very much up the top there. So Was his Brownlow year 21? 2021, yeah. So in that year, he had 75% CBAs and... Yep. Yeah, Boak was at seventy five percent as well, but then you know Willem drew. So Boak and Wines, the predominant midfielders, and then last year 50%. he had fifty percent with yeah. Rosie and Butters. So I think I think he'll he'll do that again. Maybe there's a little bit of upside in terms of instead of fifty percent, maybe he's closer to sort of sixty sixty five percent. And look, seventy seven I think is unders. But I don't expect him to be. Look, I don't think he's going to average a ton this season. I think he's. Best case scenario, maybe the the nineties guy that he was in the previous season. But even then, it, it feels like I'm kind of painting a, a, a positive narrative to an optimistic view for him to get there. So yeah. I, I think there's a few more headaches than I'm willing to sort of live up, live with to select an Ollie Wines. I just don't really see what's going to change that suddenly makes him a uh, a guy that is worth you know getting that 20 points of value that we probably need from a midfielder mid pricer. Um, and yeah, just the game style shift for Port Adelaide, who did very well again, a game shift that worked in their favour. They had a great record last season. Obviously, didn't go so well in the finals, but, you know, I think it doesn't favour him moving forward. So to me, he gets one of these ones. No! God, please, no! 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 No, 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 uh, applies to this next team where we're going to break down three players all from the same team. Um... A few interesting options, and again, we talked about LA Crows being a team to watch this preseason. I think North Melbourne are also one of the most fascinating oh. teams to How watch. How many Roos in your team at the minute? That's a very good question. I've got quite a few. So I've got uh, an embarrassing amount to admit. <laughs> okay, let me count them up. What, how many have you got while I count up? My, I've got my six, route? including the bench. But there's a case to be made, there's a case to be made that you could have. More. I've got five. Yeah. Yeah, you, so, you know, I, I've, there's a few ones that might be in other people's teams that I don't have. But yeah, they're. They're a very fantasy-relevant team They're this, fantasy this relevant. season. Maybe more than any, but um, their midfield rotation. We're talking players here. Jai Simkin, yeah. George Wardlaw, and I've also snuck on Dylan Stevens, I'm who glad you did, came I'm, over from uh, Sydney as well. I'm feeling him a little bit. Oh, okay. Have settle down, mate. Uh, you, you and Cam <laughs> Guthrie over there. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit like you and Bailey Smith, right? What, what was yeah, your well, go with Bailey Smith? That was last year, mate. Getting it's, him off. Yeah, I was just two years too early. He was, <laughs> he's he's going to be big next year, 2025. <laughs> Bailey Smith, first picked. Um, but, well, first of all, before we maybe go into each specific player, yeah. what do we expect from North's midfield rotation this year? Who do we think are going to be the predominant um, players in, in that midfield rotation? I think... No LDU. one would question LDU. LDU. Being so he's, he's 83% guy last year. Sheasel, for me, comes in. He comes into the mids. S- Simkin will be in the midfield as well. Yep. So you have three was, players. He was there last year. So, uh, Phillips. So I'm, Phillips. Less, I'm losing me, confidence there. But you think he's over so, Wardlaw? So, Cunnington's retired. So, he's I mean, gone. he didn't. He only played early in the season. Yep. Wardlaw, I think when Wardlaw's healthy, he plays midfield. Do you think he plays over someone like a Phillips? 
And the other question here, I guess, is like, how tight is their midfield rotation going to be? Yeah. Like, is it going to be four, four, five, six players going there, or is it going to be a Geelong situation where you've got like seven, eight, nine guys going in there for just chunks at a time? Because they've got a, they've got a lot of young talent that, you know, just by the nature of where they're at, at their career, you know, third, fourth year, like yeah. they, you know, are at that point where you would expect them to be getting some Science midfield time, but that. there's a few of them out of there. For, for me, Wardlaw won't play anywhere else. He's he's a midfielder. Whereas, so someone like Sheasel, I expect him to play midfield, but he obviously can play elsewhere. Mm-hmm. McKercher was their first pick. I don't think he's under 18, but he'll I think likely he, play across half-back. I think that half-back half role is going to be real for him. I think Phillips will still spend some time in there. Yep. Stevens. Stevens is the one I'm hoping can sneak in for for a little bit of a little bit of midfield time. So he coming from Sydney, um, he, I think he was a pretty uh, highly regarded junior as he's, well. He's, he's a fifth overall pick. This is the thing. Uh, the thing I like about it is Sydney. So Sydney, yes. Sydney are a great organization in terms of developing young talent. Yes, and we've seen. We obviously know about their their famous culture. But we've seen on many occasions guys can leave Sydney and then become so Blow up. the fucking Richmond captain and three time premiership Ruckman yeah. wasn't getting a game at Sydney. Yep. I think he was the he didn't get picked in their their um their best twenty two for the grand final the previous yep. year. Um and then Jordan Dawson. Like let's have having a look at yeah, I know yeah, this might one. not paint paint the full picture, but Jordan Dawson's average fantasy points prior to he was down. Like he obviously so went, went he went in. Sorry, I shouldn't stop by. I shouldn't stop by season. So sixty six in twenty twenty. That's COVID. Yeah, yep. but eighty eight in twenty twenty one, and then goes to Adelaide, and he's effectively goes now going to be talked about in the top echelon. Yeah. So is like, there a that's a very good point. Obviously, we've I'm not got comparing s- Stevens to Dawson. No, but we've got several instances of that particular. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. You know, club producing players that play very well in other clubs when they can't get a game at Sydney. So, well, think about so you think about Stevens. Stevens was getting a game, but I'm guessing it wasn't in the position that he wanted. But he was playing a wing, I think, predominantly. So um, some people are going to go, oh, well, you know, he wasn't good enough to crack the Sydney midfield. Well, have have a look at the Sydney midfield, like and their wings, especially Golden like, Mills, Warner, like yeah, Papley goes through there a lot. Like, yeah, it's a it's McInerney's on the wing, yeah. I think so, he had a few sub-affected games. I don't know. Just researching last night, games. I had this feeling of like, maybe this guy is a guy that can give you 20 points. He's definitely someone to monitor, I do believe, because he had a really good pedigree as a junior, had some big averages, I think, in the um, you know before his draft class. Like you said, fifth overall pick. So comes in with a bit of, you know, like I said, pedigree there. He's 23 yep. years old, coming into a North Melbourne team that needs talents and needs those guys that can win the footy. Um, 
the question to me is just going to be, okay, well, he's a price at 55. We probably need him to go 80, 85 yeah. to, be, to be the pick that we want him to be, um, which is, you know, 20 points above what he's done at his best in 2022. He's played, he's played a lot of AFL, so he's, he's probably played um, not as much VFL as someone who's been completely out of favour. But when he has played VFL, since 2021, he averaged 105. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a long... That's a, good, of, that's a good average for a long, over a long period of time and uh, yeah. a good sort of sample size for us to use. So I, th- I do yeah. think he's someone worth monitoring. If I was to rank the order in which the North Melbourne midfield goes, I'd say LDU would be at the top. Yeah. I might also argue that Wardlaw is number two. Um, well, he he can't. I, I I shouldn't say he can't, but he's he is a midfielder. Yeah, he's, he's not a guy that you, you're playing wing inside. He's inside. Yeah, he's not a guy that sneaks forwards and kicks yeah. goals and takes hangers on people. Fun to watch. Great player, and and yeah. if you actually look at his stats in terms of a, from a points per minute point of view, he is one of the better players in the comp. I think he averaged a higher points per minute than a Lockie Neal last season, who was infamously the Brownlow medalist from last season. <laughs> so, but he, and he had a low time on ground, so that's really affected his average. So if yeah. his time on ground increases and the CBAs increase, I do think there is a, a fair chunk of an ability for him to really break out. He also injury is came little... in underdone. Like, he, he didn't have a preseason, essentially. But injury, that for me, that's an injury concern because he had injury concerns as a junior. He They've did. now flowed into his the beginning of AFL. The AFL system breaks the, these kids' bodies down to start yeah. with. They, you know, they, they absolutely hammer them and then they build them back up. But there's that little flag, right. especially yeah. if you're expecting, you want you want Wardlaw to again be 20, 25 yeah. points overs. Yeah, he probably needs to, yeah, again, go that like 80, 85 sort of mark, maybe more. Uh, 85, you'd, you'd be very happy with, I think. Um, Stevens has been in the system for a few years. He's six points less. Cheaper, yeah. They bought him to the club. Yeah, okay. You're you know selling I mean? to me. You're selling you know to me. I mean, like, it, we always talk about that as being a factor. It's like, well, yeah. They, they bought him. Well, the other factor is what? that they they just cancel each other out, and like they both get a little bit of it, but not yeah. enough to both to yeah. either be sort of ones we pick. It'd be an um, intriguing watch. So, of all these three players, I'd probably go George Wardlaw number one in terms of my interest level. Okay. Uh, Stevens second, and then I've got Jai Simkin last. So, despite him being the most proven of the guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's, he's the captain of the team, right? Is he? at least one of the captains. Um, oh, sure. But he, he's I'll right check. up there in terms of leadership in the crew. But I just don't think, again, that argument of picking a player who's done it before, his career high, he's done it twice in a row, was 95.5. If he does that again this season, that would be 20 points of upside, which is about, that's what we need. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a year where he has his career high because in those seasons where he was 95.5, he was basically ahead of LDU as the number one guy in the midfield. Yeah. And even though I still think he's going to be in there, I don't think he's going to be in there to the same degree that he was in there in those seasons. So whilst he might be unders because he's got some injury-affected games, I think he's more of like an 85 rather than an eight, a 95. That's the way I see it. I probably tend to agree with you there. I think if you just broadly ask yourself the question, is like if you're North Melbourne, do you want the ball in the hands of Sheasel and LDU or Simpkin. And for me... It's clearly the first two. Sheasel and LDU. Yeah. So I just think that's the trajectory they're going to kind of go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So I, while I think he's value, I don't think he's enough value. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think, he, I think he also plays a bit more of that like selfless role as well where he's, you know, obviously leadership role and he, he's probably more 
you know, trying to help the kids get better as well. So to me, I'm down on Simkin. Wardlaw and Stevens are two guys I'm watching very closely. As uh, yep. and, and again, North, no early buy. Um, so always uh, good to point that one out as well. Anyone training with Mitchmond? Uh, Wardlaw is in there. Stevens, really? Stevens is on the watch list. Um, Josh Simpson hasn't, hasn't had a look in. He's, he's in a different away state. He? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's not even there. Yeah, so. okay. Um, Look, what's the next level? So you go from you're in the you're on the field, you're on the field right, training in the change rooms, peeping through the, the cubicle, you binoculars, the binoculars in the car park. Is the next one you've got flying a, a drone from like multiple <laughs> blocks away, like over training? I'd say you, you've bought you've bought a plane ticket. You know, you, oh, you've, you've, okay. got a, you've got a ticket and you're just waiting for what the, if you the live call. in the same state as Mitchell. No one lives in the same state as Mitchell. It's, it's, it's a mystical place. Yeah, that no one right. Oh, yeah. I know you love your fantasy. But <laughs> uh, not that kind of fantasy. Not that either. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next guy here who I think is another player that deserves a d- decent amount of discussion. And that mm. is Josh Ward, particularly after the news came out that Will Day is carrying a bit of an injury. He's got a stress fracture in his foot, which is nothing to sneeze at. That is a, that is a concerning yeah. thing for a young player. Um, yeah. So Josh Ward, a lot of the... People, you know, our minds instantly go to who's going to get the bump in that when it comes yes. to fantasy, the sickos that we are. Um, There's still some optimism that... Um, he'll make round one. Yeah, yeah, but stress, like you say, stress factor can be a really ongoing thing, can't yeah, it? Yeah, it can be. And it's also, especially with a team like this, even if he's there round one, sometimes it's enough to a young player get his foot in the door yeah. and just not let go. Like if he really yes. comes in and just blows people away and he might have the ability to move others out once he's got that opportunity. And Ward, who was a high draft pick, oh, I think. Massive numbers as a junior. I, th- um, I mean, it was he and... Uh, it was Dacos' year, wasn't it, where he, I believe so, he yeah. and Dacos were our sort of two yeah. rookies that we had the most hope in. He's been a bit up and down the first couple of years, but w- w- where do you think of Ward and, I guess, the Hawthorne um, midfield in general? Do you think that Ward's going to be the guy that benefits there, or is there maybe other players vying for that? And um, how do you sort of see this shaping out for him? Based on the CBA numbers from last year, it stands to reason that Ward would be the guy that would benefit from Will Day being out. I remember watching him in his first season and then even last year as well, thinking, why did we not get this guy in the midfield? Like, this is what he was as a junior. Yeah. You know, it was his bread and butter. So, I mean, what's what's he priced at? Because I haven't looked into so him So, he's priced as as at have. 75, which, again, it's that little bit of an awkward price tag. 676000 yeah, you're wanting to an go unproven third 95 game. kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, in rounds 1 to 5 and 16 to 19, which I very much cherry-picked those stats, <laughs> um, he averaged 35% CBA. So, yeah. And in that time, he averaged 82. So 35% for an 82 average. Even that doesn't get him to the point where we'd be locking him into our fantasy side. And look, maybe he gets more than 35%, but I don't know if I see him being like straight up in there into a 70%. CBA role. I mean, they've already, Newcomb and Nash are your big dogs in that regard. Yeah, how much does Warple still go to get in there? Yeah. Um, so I think it's the, the the issue here is what you need of him, isn't it? It's that's not, right. It's yeah. Where if he was priced. cheaper, he'd be definitely someone I'd look at. If he was maybe in a different line, I'd be looking at him more seriously. At the moment, he's on the watch list. He's in the parking lot with the binoculars, but he hasn't gone into the change rooms just yet over at Mitchman. So, um. Yeah, but it is going to be very interesting with the fallout of this Will Day injury to see what Hawthorne does because, you know, he could I could come around to a player like him. I'm also pretty hot on his teammate, Connor McDonald, who I think is probably the the higher upside player and the guy in our forward lines that might overtake him 
this preseason. So I'm watching. I'm watching that battle play yeah. out in the in the little preseason. Teaser for a little teaser for upcoming episodes. Eh? Yes. Uh, all right. A couple of other young players here. We're going to talk about next. Uh, Ruben Jinbi from the West Coast Eagles. Another guy who going into his second year. We expect him to you know feature pretty heavily in their midfield rotation. He is a great tackler. How much upside do we think a player like our Ruben Jimby can have, and is it enough for us to select him as a mid-price midfield option? He's priced at fifty-eight, so mm. compared to some of those other guys, a bit cheaper. Um, so again, I think he's got upside. I think he'll he'll put you know um, points on that in his second year. But again, what do we need from him? Is it twenty-five about, plus? But eighty, I think, would be the minimum you'd want. I think he's a guy that's capable of getting an eighty. What do yeah. we think about? I mean, West Coast, are we anticipating getting pumped every week again? I think, I mean, I think it'd be pretty similar to last year, to be honest. I don't see a huge amount changing. It'd be tough for a second-year guy to go and give you a strong 80, 85 in a team that's getting... Yeah. I mean, the tackling numbers are solid. They but help floor, but... Tackling something that's pretty fucking tough to sustain in the AFL. Yeah. As a, as a, I was going to say as a younger body, but he... Looks like a fucking brick shit out there. <laughs> yeah, he's, bu- he's built a bit differently to other 19-year-olds. Um, who's he got starting the year? He's got Port, Giants, Western Bulldogs, Sydney. Those are some... Sydney and some, Port are tough, aren't Some they? big midfielders as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've probably got more confidence in a player like Wardlaw having that second-year jump than I do yeah, with Jinby. and they're similarly priced. Similarly priced, both in crap teams. I just think that he doesn't quite have that Outside of the tackling game, the rest of that accumulation game to really pop. Yeah. Kind of like a Sam Berry sort of type. Um, I think he's even better than Sam Berry. I think he will I be, but in terms of like you're drawing, yeah. year two. Um, but sometimes those are the guys that really take their game to the next level, like Josh Dunkley or something like that. You know, start as tacklers and, and learn that accumulation style. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm a bit pessimistic on a Ruben Jimby at this stage. Tacklings, I've, I've found, on a side note, tackling... Is, is just a great way to anchor yourself in a footy game. Do you know what I mean? If things yeah. are not going your way... You're involved at least somehow. I'm not saying I ever laid a tackle, but <laughs> tackling it, like, is, is a good way to go, okay, I'm in this game, I'm ready. And then yep. you find that a lot of the rest of your game flows on from like that defensive pressure. So, like you said, I like a Josh Dunkley. So, so his, his best scoring game of last season was a 96 against the Suns in round nine. He had 16 tackles in that game. <laughs> 12 disposals and only I'd one say mark, that but... is the definition of reliable tackles. <laughs> yeah. totally, if you have 16 tackles, you want a 140. Oh, yeah, he didn't even crack a ton, so... Yeah, it's tough. Uh, tough sell. I think I'd want to see that first, yeah. rather than jumping on him in the, in the early season. And, and we haven't touched on this before, but um, something that Selby's talked about in his winning years was he didn't necessarily start with these second-year guys, but if you see something early on, they're the perfect kind of guys that you can jump to and pivot towards yeah. but going out and starting with them without that concrete data is it's a bold pick mm. I would say uh, alright let's move on to one more and maybe we'll see if we've got time to do some rapid fire but we've got to get in there shout out to the pod pod uh, and uh, and Dossie for Paddy Dow as a guy who look well the, the rule is Dossie's talking him up so you cannot go near this guy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, touch him with a bar- don't touch him with a barge pole because Dossie is too high on Paddy Dow and we know the Dossie curse I wouldn't really give this much light of day un- except for the fact that he's gone to St Kilda and their midfield spots there are midfield spots up for grabs like yeah so yeah like are, you've I got Steele you've got Gresham, Crouch be- um, what, of- who else who's their next Three and four guys going in there. And um, he's obviously value. He's had one, two, three, four, five sub-affected games. 
the games he did play in full, what is that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six games there in total where he played without that. Only one of them below 70. He's priced fairly cheaply. Mate, it sounds like you're... Uh you're going to invest. You're expecting an uptick in the Dow. I think if he plays his value, uptick in the Dow. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's no, a, don't go um, it, mate. Don't, oh, I didn't even <laughs> register at first. Um, but he is, his value, is he is he entrenched in this team? Like, is he there to play? Bitchment or oh, no, St. Kilda? St. Kilda. Because, like, oh. you know, we've had a few years of this Paddy Dow kind of hope. And um, <laughs> he, he just he's never done it, right? So Dossie's gonna. There's gonna be one that he picks. It just explodes. You know, yeah. love watching him yeah, ride it. Yeah. Hey, Paddy Dow's. <laughs> Paddy Dow's the guy. Mate, you, you take uh, as many shots, and one of them's gonna go. What's, what's the saying? A broken clock's right. Oh, no, no, we love you, Dossie. Dossie. We love you, Dossie. But uh, <laughs> I think Dossie, Dossie, and Paddy Dow. I think look. Now I've been known to get. Oh, a, are you I, going conspiracy here? Well, I've been known to get a doppelganger wrong, but <laughs> at the quick glance, Paddy Dow and Dossie. I think they look similar. Well, his, I've never have, seen them in the same room. Yeah, that, that's that's a very good point. That's all. I, all I'll say. So, <laughs> I mean, all I've I've only seen Dossie's. I, I mean, the pod pods on YouTube. It's a good opportunity for a shout out. That's how I've seen yeah, Dossie's yeah. mug getting around. So, make more, sure fewer podcasts on YouTube. So, uh, welcome along, guys. Check yeah. out check out uh, Dossie and and, and you'll get squad. more info on Paddy Dow than you will here. So. Yeah. Look, I, at the end of the day, I, I don't feel confident picking him. I don't think he's entrenched in their best twenty-two and. I just, I just don't think he's very good. Is that fair to say? <laughs> I just don't think he's like... I'm not going to comment. I, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't say I've watched him all that much either as well. So um, I, I watch him. I can be convinced. He, he, he can, can, he can convince me. Yeah. He's got a ticket. He's got a ticket. Now, um, anyone else you want to throw out there as a as a I want to talk about Carl. I, think I want to talk about Carl Amon. Okay. He's, yeah. a little, he's a little more expensive. He's probably one of the more expensive of these mid-prices. Yes, let's have a look at his uh, price tag. What is he? He's 783k, so it does fit under that 800k cutoff that we had. If he was a defender, would he be in everyone's teams? Let me ask you I that I think question. he'd be very much someone you'd consider. So is, there, is, it, is it irresponsible to you know, pick a guy as like your M65 that you're anticipating will... I mean, his last, last five games is what we're basing all our... Our yeah. excitement on if you if you want to call that with yes. Carl Amon, but is there a case to pick a guy in the anticipation that he then moves to your back line and opens up a spot in your midfield, or do you think that's silly? Well, I'm having a bit of deja vu because we talked about this last season on a couple of different accounts. Number one was Nazai Wangani Miller, right. who was moving into that half back role from a wing. He was a bit of a different case because he's a younger player. The other player we also talked about was Jaden Short, who we thought was going to move into the back and score better become yeah. a defender in round six and then he's going to be a top six defender. That didn't happen because he did play a bit more to the midfield and he didn't get DPP I think until round 12 or was it even round 18? I can't remember oh, but cool. it took a while for him to get there so there's risk involved there because if he's clogging up a midfield spot right up until the buys, that's less than ideal for a player that Could we don't wrong. think is going to be a top eight midfielder. Um, it's probably one of those ones that if, if it comes off you, it could have you looking like a rock star. But if not, you might look like a wanker. You fucking look like rock stars, huh? And now we are a fucking bunch of wankers. Yeah, bunch of fucking clowns, yeah. Fucking clowns, yeah. Good. I like your little, yeah, little tie in there. I was just, uh, yeah. <laughs> you working that the whole time. If people don't watch the F1, oh. I mean, where? They have absolutely no idea what that was. Yeah, but... Uh, but well, yeah, I mean, really. Go and check it out. Go and check it out. Do you still watch it? I, I was I've tuned out a lot last season. Yeah, I was but, real. Uh, 
Very, very fair weather sailor over there in the yeah, F1. Yeah, yeah. When it came out on Netflix, we jumped yeah. on it. And it's, yeah. yeah. But that's, um, that's good. He's a good fellow, Gunter. Yeah, he's, he's a legend. Um, so I think there's some level to it. So what did he go in his last last five? Um, I'm trying to find. I've one, got some stats. 110 or close to close to the mark. Jeez. Okay, so he's obviously he scored very well last three average of 121. Jesus Christ. Um, and, and you think... Is he, is he 100% going into that, that back line, you think? Like, do you, is there any question around that? Or is he, is he still I mean, someone I get, who's going to play a little bit wing? If he, I mean, he played very well. How did Hawthorne play in the last five? Um, I mean, that, that's probably a little bit of a measure. Is if much, you, but if James Sisley might have missed some times there. Was, that, was he... Uh, I think there's a few factors at play yeah. here that doesn't just cement him as that guy who's... A hundred percent clear. Like I think it's a role change. What if What if he comes out and gives you a one twenty in a? Uh, they don't. He don't play round zero. No, they don't do play they? round zero in the preseason practice game. Practice game. Look, and he's in that role, and it's. Well, I'm considering more than I'm considering like a Joss Simkin, for example. I think he. Yeah. I think he's someone to at least. And a lot of people wouldn't have him on the radar. Definitely in a draft format. I'm very much interested in him because I do think he will eventually become a defender. What is he priced at again? Sorry, uh, he is priced at. Uh, where is he? Price at 86.7. Okay. So for him to plus. work out, he needs to be basically a top six defender and be that yeah. sort of 95 plus. Um, I think that's it's very, doable. There's a very real world where that happens. If Definitely. He, I mean, he, if he's in that role, that, that's almost, I'd almost just go as far to say as like, that Lock. will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely a real possibility. I think... It is maybe one of those ones that you, you might just look to trade him in once he does have the DPP and just remove that ambiguity away from yeah. really get it. Really Playing with fire a little bit. Yeah, it? just that Jaden Short example of last year just scares me off a little bit is my personal view. But again, he's no early buy. Um, so if, you, if you're picking him, again, you don't have to worry yeah. about that. So interesting. He's an interesting There's one that I think maybe if you haven't looked that into him, I'd have, I'll have a look. Food for thought. These other two guys, I don't think we really need to spend too much or even any time. But Finn Callahan is someone that some people have identified getting better. I don't think it's going to be enough to matter. Why would why would anything change at GWS? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How good were they last year? They were, they were very why good. Why would you? Why? I think he's just a, a player who's done well in you know, juniors and yeah. expecting to get better. But I, I don't can't. think it's going to be. He is the symbol of why my season started so poorly last year. You're going to put it all on Finn? Well, I mean, he's, I said he's the symbol of it. It was oh, him instead you, of Kate Chandler and it yeah. was Sherry yeah. instead of English. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fair call. Fair call. Story. Uh, and I've got, I just threw in Zach Jones in there because he is bloody cheap. If you've not looked at tell, Zach Tell me Jones. how old, without looking, tell me how old you think Zach Jones is. I know he's younger than he looks because of his egghead, but <laughs> <laughs> I want to say he's like 28. Yeah, you got it. 28. There you go, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, he looks like he's I 35. I was shocked when I saw that. <laughs> he I does. He, I'm not a guy that can necessarily comment on, <laughs> on that but yeah but he's looked that done. way for years too um, so yeah I don't know but I just can't trust his body against St Kilda I don't know what they're doing with their midfield rotation it's it's a very interesting one to watch but he is very cheap very very cheap um, so I don't know have, have his name in, in, in mind but let us know uh, if you think we have forgotten anyone else in the midfield mid prices comment it down below on YouTube and uh, again remember give us all a big old thumbs up Later in the week, we will be doing our midfield rankings for draft. And for those on Classic, you can also get some good value checking that one out. Uh, make sure you are subscribed. And if you are listening over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a five-star rating and review. And if you give us a really funny, incredible one, we might even read it out and give you a bit of a shout-out on the pod. But until then, we'll see you guys later. Bye!
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.